0: Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast, a show about everything e-commerce and digital business. The aim is simple, to help you thrive online. And now, your host, Matt Edmondson.
1: Welcome, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs. My name is Matt Edmondson, and this show is for those of us who are curious about e-commerce and want to know how to get better at doing digital business. Now in today's show, I'm going to be getting into this whole idea of competing with the digital giants. You know, the ones I mean, Amazon, Walmart, whoever your giant is in your industry, whoever's got the big website, how do you compete with them? Is it actually possible to compete with them? Or are you, you know, doomed to a life of uh, being in their shadow and just hoping you might, you get the crumbs uh, of sales, you know, the one or two that just keeps you afloat, right? Uh, we're going to get into that. Obviously, I don't think that, uh, I think it's more than possible to compete and win and to, you know, really leverage your uh, competitors to help you. Uh, so definitely, definitely, pay attention to what we're going to get into in this show of course as always the show notes are going to be on the website at mattedmondson.com you can go and check that out be great to see you there make sure whilst you're there you can you know you connect with me on social media some of you guys have been reaching out and we've been chatting away on social media really really enjoying the conversations great to connect with you Uh, Great to reach out and understand how e-commerce is working for you and understanding some of the trials and stuff you're facing. Really, really good. So do connect with me uh, through the website, through social media. Be great to chat. This show is sponsored by the amazing Curious Digital, and a big shout-out to them. Curious Digital is, in fact, the e-commerce platform that I use to run and grow my own e-commerce business. So if you're looking for a new e-commerce platform, make sure you check it out at Curious.Digital. That's Curious with a K and not with a C. Curious.Digital. Do check it out. Okay, let's get into it. Now, Amazon is at the top of the food chain when it comes to the e-commerce marketplace uh, there's no doubt about it. Unless we start looking at things like Alibaba, two huge giants. Um, you know, and Jeff Bezos, 25 years ago, from his garage, created Amazon, and it now has revenue in excess of what 230 billion dollars. It is massive, right? Employs over half a million people, 650 thousand employees, I think. It is huge. It is. It is a goliath of an e-commerce business, right? It's massive. And it isn't shown any signs of slowing down. I've been to Amazon. I've been to HQ. I've talked to the guys there. They have massive expansion plans. CNBC reportedly, uh, sorry, recently reported Amazon's plans to take on the Indian market. So they're heading to India next. And they've got plenty of hurdles to overcome, let me tell you. But it will only be a matter of time before they do it, Okay. And they are just expanding and growing and taking on other industries, other markets, other countries, right? So we've got to ask ourselves, do we actually stand a chance? And like I said at the start, yes, we do. We do stand a chance. The good news is I think we can actually, like I say, leverage this, uh, this giant, this Goliath called Amazon to really help our business, right? Now you've got to remember as things currently stand, e-commerce is only about 10% overall of retail sales. Um, the retail business, a $5.5 trillion business. Um, only, f- only about 10% of that currently is online. Now, you know, and I know over the next few decades that's gonna grow and grow and grow. They reckon to 20, 30, 40 percent. Um, and I can guarantee this, no one company is going to be able to service all of those needs. So we know that the growing and expanding market in front of us, is just great times to be starting e-commerce businesses, right? The other reason why I think we stand a chance is this, and I'm going to call this digital Davids." It's a phrase I like to use a lot. I'm a digital David. Now, if you are familiar with the uh, the old Sunday school story, you know, the Bible story of David and Goliath. You have this idea of um, Goliath, who is a champion and he is a giant and he is head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, and he is a monster of a man, right? And he is intimidating absolutely everybody uh, in the Israelite army. They're so afraid to fight him. Uh, And for 40 days, he goes out and taunts them and says, come on, uh, rather than both countries fighting each other and there being lots of bloodshed, you send your champion, come fight me, and whoever wins, wins the battle, right? But no one was doing it for 40 days. This was an absolute nightmare. Now, as an aside, uh, if you've not read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath, I strongly suggest you read it. It's an amazing book about this very thing, about overcoming giants, right? Because there's a guy in this story called David. And David, who's a simple shepherd boy, comes along and sees Goliath and says, why is nobody fighting this fellow? I'll go and fight him. He's the only person that's volunteering. Everybody else is scared to death, right? And so the story, as you read it, says, um, tells you how David went over to the king Um, And said, you know, he'll go and fight them. And Saul, who's king at the time, gives David his armor, right? He tries to put on David um, his own armor and David, it doesn't fit him. It doesn't feel right. And so rather than trying to fight with Saul's armor, he takes it off. Uh, And David then kind of runs at this giant, the story says, and he takes out, but before he starts running at him, he takes five pebbles from a stream puts him in his sack. He takes out one of those pebbles as he runs. He puts it in a slingshot. He spins the slingshot around, and he fires this stone at Goliath. Uh, and um, this stone instantly kills the giant, and he slays the giant. And uh, it's a very well-known story, very famous story. But and, you know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book is great. It's all about how to overcome giants. And David was cool because he was unique. He was authentic, and he he knew what would work for him. Right, he 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 couldn't try and be something he wasn't. He couldn't make it work in Saul's armor. He had to be authentic, and he had these five stones. So I want to give you five key things on how I think as digital Davids we can overcome the giants, if that makes sense. So number one, uh, stone number one, I'm going to call customer relationships. Customer relationships. Now, one of the things Amazon cannot do is it cannot create the relationship with customers in the niche uh, in, in the niche that you operate in like you can create, right? They just can't do it. They are too big. They haven't got the people or the resource or the drive or the desire or the knowledge to create that relationship that you can have with your customer, right? And this is one of the key ways that you can win with Amazon. We have to understand, right, that our customers hold all of the cards they can choose where to spend their money, whether it's with us, whether it's right now, whether it's in the future. Uh, it makes no odds, right? So we can listen to them. We can adapt. We can be, we can be quick and easy to change. You know, it's a bit like um, when Amazon want to change things. It's a bit like trying to turn a big cruise ship. That thing takes a long time to move. Let me tell you, because it's so big. Whereas you can be quick and nimble and agile and respond to your customers really, really quickly and easily and build that amazing relationship with them. Invest heavily in your customer, okay? Remember, Amazon is not personal on any kind of level. It is totally transactional. But people are totally emotional, right? They are totally personal. They buy with emotion. They buy from people. So appeal to your customers' emotions by being remarkable and awesome in their eyes. Uh, you know, people love values and Amazon, have they got values? Well, they have, but does anybody actually know what they are? Not really. Other than I It's convenient and I get my deliveries really quick. Um, but you know, then the tax issues come on the TV and we kind of go, Oh, Amazon should definitely pay their taxes. Um, but we still buy from them. Right. And we're like, well, they definitely should pay their taxes, but they should definitely not increase their prices. But Amazon aren't the cheapest anymore. And they've got these whole issues with fake reviews. And so then there's credibility uh, creeping into this. So there, there are some creeks in there that you can exploit for yourself. Don't get me wrong, it's not going to cause Amazon's downfall, or at least I don't think it will, but it is an opportunity for you to create a remarkable relationship with your customers that's based on values because Amazon, Amazon can't do that. They're just not personal. Okay. Stone number two, I'm going to say, is shipping. Shipping, Matt. Yes, shipping. I appreciate this sounds odd because Amazon has this remarkable delivery system. Certainly in the UK and in the States, they have figured it out. They have their own network now. They are unbelievable when it comes to shipping in terms of speed and convenience. But, and this is a big but, If you've ever, ever, ever ordered anything from Amazon, uh, like we talked about in last week's show, you will know that those deliveries are not what you, well, they don't feel very environmentally friendly. How many times have you had something tiny be delivered in a massive box? And is that box personal? No. Is it in fact really, really dull and boring absolutely that's an opportunity for you right if you want nice packaging if you want to feel like you've ordered a gift if you want to feel like you've got a you know the person sending the parcel actually cares about what they're sending to you you don't buy from amazon you just don't right so again that's an opportunity for you to do something different okay we are now going to take a few minutes to stop pause and review this week's e-commerce news So, I am here with the beautiful Sada Sadaf hi
0: hi Matt. Let's do the news let's do this so um cold calling
1: <laughs> okay.
0: what's your opinion? Is it dead or uh, are the businesses just doing it wrong?
1: I would be surprised actually if businesses are still doing a lot of cold calling. I think a lot of people gave it up, didn't they to favor things like you know Google ads and mm-hmm. more di- other form Facebook ads and other forms of advertising I think Cold calling, like anything, has, has massive opportunity in it. But the majority of people that do it, do it wrong. And so don't get the results from it that they see.
0: Okay. So how would you, if you were, if that was part of your business, doing the cold calls, how would you do it? How would you set it up?
1: Um, if I was doing, how would I set it? It's a good question. I probably wouldn't get anybody under the age of 35 to be in the call center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that with all due respect, but it seems that you know people under the age of thirty five don't like using the phone mm-hmm. um and it's not cold texting, is it so it's cold calling, so yeah. they have to be comfortable on the phone um I was watching a video about this actually the other day, and uh, he was fascinating the guy the the trainer on it he the way he does it is he just he literally starts off by telling the truth, and I'm a big fan of telling the truth, uh, and so he just calls him and says, "Hey." Um, uh, totally truthful this is a cold call but if you give me 30 seconds I think you know we've got some I can't remember the exact phraseology he used but it seemed to work quite well for him telling the truth so that's probably Mm -hmm. what I'd do but I've done a lot of cold calling in my past so I'm not afraid of it and I, I don't think it's a bad thing
0: do you think it works for certain industries?
1: do I think it works for certain industries? I think it could work for every industry um, do I think e-commerce businesses maybe think should do cold calling? Um, I, I don't know. I think I think from a resource point of view, one of the reasons why people have moved away from it is cold calling is quite resource intensive. So mm-hmm. it's, it's expensive to do cold calling. Um, and so you tend to get better results with more creative forms of advertising. Um, but I wonder if that's still the case, you know, because when we stopped doing cold calling is because Google ads were so cheap. But now Google ads are stupid money. So, it, you know, you could pay whatever 50, 60 pounds for an agency lead. So maybe just maybe cold calling then becomes much more cost effective again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't know if it depends on the type of industry. Um, so much as the cost for doing cold calling, um, would I consider it an e-commerce? I probably would now. Um, If done right, done well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so let me give you news item number two. And this is going to be a whole bunch of news items in news item number two because Mm -hmm. we're in a new quarter. And so a whole bunch of things have happened, uh, which I've been reading about. Number one, Etsy now has an ad platform for sellers. Yay. Do you have any comment (laughs) other than yay?
0: No, I never shop on Etsy.
1: You never shop on Etsy? No, no. So this is it's not going to be very beneficial for, no, for you. No,
0: but there might why be. You, a,
1: why I'm curious. Why do you not shop on Etsy?
0: I I don't. I just don't find it very quick and easy. So it's the time. Mm, yeah, okay. I mean, there's some pretty cool looking things on there, but mm. I bought I quite a few things on
1: Etsy. But I think you're right. I mean, you do have to be aware of the time frames mm-hmm. that are involved with it. Um, but I think the people, this will be why it's interesting with the ad platform because the people that were always coming top of the organic search engines on Etsy would have been people that have been established, been good and have got a good system, you know, good whole things. Mm-hmm. They get it in, get it out. Yeah. So delivery times were getting quicker. I bought a lot of gifts of Etsy. Um, I wonder what the, how that will level now they've got an ad platform. Mm-hmm. So if you're lower down, you could pay to go higher up and start to build your business that way. I think if you are on Etsy, and they have just released this new ad platform, then you should definitely look at it because it will never be this cheap, mm. uh, is a reality. So, um, yeah, you use it to start building your business. Okay, uh, next one. Um, UPS surcharges in holiday season. I was reading that UPS are not going to add, I don't know if this is just in the States, actually, um, or whether this is worldwide, they're not going to add their infamous surcharge for residential during the holiday season. UPS is a strange... Courier, I I can't get my head around it because when we first started out in e-commerce, UPS didn't really want to know where residential parcels were concerned. Mm -hmm. They built their whole business in doing business-to-business deliveries, right? And so e-commerce comes on the world, and we're like, oh, hey, UPS, could you deliver this to?" And they started to introduce all these surcharges to deliver to residential addresses because residential deliveries were a nightmare for UPS and they just wanted to focus on Mm business-to-business, which I get. I just wonder... I don't know if they've left it a little bit too late because they used to be huge and then all of a sudden, certainly in the UK, all these other courier companies have sort of grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and UPS, I just wonder if they're a bit too late to the party now because they've all got their systems in place. So maybe this is something by UPS to try and get back some of this delivery, yeah. which is now missing. Yeah, Don't know. Anyway, it's said that they're not going to do residential surcharges in the holiday season. But do check that out with your local UPS because I'm not sure actually whether that's true for the whole world.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and finally, the other thing to say, strong customer authentication. Do you know about this?
0: Yeah.
1: Of course you know about this. Yeah, I too. <laughs> <laughs> You've written a lot of content on strong customer authentication. Uh, so this is quite funny in the UK, isn't it? The UK, because of the European Union, decided, you know what, we need stronger authentication uh, when people buy products from websites. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them, actually. On one hand, you kind of say, well, this is good because it gives more security to the user, um, to the customer. But on the other hand, it becomes more of a faff to buy stuff online. And when it's more of a faff, we all know, actually, mm-hmm. online sales decline, right? So I, I, I don't know which way it's going to swing. I think, you know, online sales are growing. And I think they're growing faster than the rate of decline you'll get from strong customer authentication. So I'm not sure you'll you'll be able to, see the true impact of having more of a faff but that said it should all have been starting this month yeah uh, but it isn't it's phased it's now phased yeah it's not delayed
0: no it's not delayed it's phased they were
1: really clear weren't they, in <laughs> yeah. the language they were really clear no, no no we're not delaying it we're phasing it we have a phase so we now have 18 months uh which i thought was quite funny so that's my little news roundup for uh this quarter so what's next
0: Next is um, a study was done about um, digital ads <laughs> <Okay>. and <laughs> um, there was a whole um, list of them. And the ones, the two top ones that, that um, consumers found most annoying were
1: Oh, hang on a minute. So this is oh, not just a study on digital ads. This is a study of the most annoying digital ads.
0: Well, they did a, they did a study on the digital ads. Okay. And the, the interesting part of that study oh, okay. was, was what, was, what, what was, was the most annoying. Yeah, yeah. 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 So do you want to guess?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess uh, the pop-ups on the screen when you go to change tabs on your browser. Would that be
0: um well they are very annoying yes yeah, yeah. but in this study 66.7 percent said it's
1: <laughs> quite precise yeah the
0: <laughs> exactly <pop-up, laughs> two-thirds the pop-up videos that just automatically start playing with sound
1: oh yeah those really are annoying. annoying yeah yeah and then fifty five. especially if you're trying to sneak watching content or you're work. watching or looking at a website at work because you would never do that i would never do that and uh, then all of a sudden this video starts playing sound yeah, yeah, yeah and you get busted. Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: And fifty-five percent said the the ad the, the ads with videos that pop up automatically without sound. So oh, basically, okay. so basically
1: pop-up videos yeah. with the most annoying ads. Uh, I wonder if they're the most. Ef- I don't think they're the most effective ads on a page, but I can. I agree. I find them totally and utterly annoying. And so we don't have them on our site because of that very reason. They are super, super annoying.
0: As soon as they, like, when I come across them, I just...
1: You just close them. Yeah. And the fact that it auto plays is, you know, it's it's a nightmare because it's like, especially if you're on a mobile, it's using your bandwidth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you're paying for your data, then that's a lot of data for video. So Mm -hmm. you can see why people really get annoyed by those. And I see here from the report, the thing, I'm just going to pull up the website um, and look at that report because as I do... One of the things that amuses me, I appreciate, dear listener, you can't see this, um, but uh, the people that brought up the report have actually got these annoying pop-ups on the screen. <laughs>
0: hey, can you that see is that? a true story. <laughs> Which is, is quite
1: amusing. <laughs> so they've obviously not, not read it themselves. Um, what else was on their list? Uh, audio ads. Oh, yeah. This is why I just pay for music streaming services. Mm-hmm. I, just, I actually will pay for Apple Music. And do you know what I've also done recently? I don't Mm -hmm. know if I should admit this on the podcast. I have started paying for YouTube Premium. Yeah, why is that? Because of the ads. Ads just just annoy me. Yeah, I want to get rid of the ads. I'm like, and rarely now do I actually watch live TV. So Mm. you know, at the moment, I don't know if you know because you know you you don't watch TV. You're way too cool for that. But um, (laughs) every Saturday night they have the Britain's Got Talent champions. It's a bit sad to admit this, but I love that show. Um, but I refuse to watch it live and I don't watch it live because of the adverts so Mm -hmm. what we do is we record it yeah, and then we start watching it about 30-40 minutes later and then we can just fast forward through all the adverts Uh, and so rarely do I watch it so yeah I I subscribe to the audios I subscribe to (laughs) to YouTube premium to get rid of the ads (laughs) I'll do anything to get rid of ads maybe we should put that on the e-commerce website it's like if you come to our website and shop, that's fine. But if you pay four bucks a month, you'll never have to see adverts on this website. Do, you do it. That? yeah. That's do it. Maybe let's a a strategy.
0: We'll <laughs> do a study on it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> we'll end it there. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. That's the news. So now let's get back to it. Stone. Number three, play a longer game. Now, what do I mean by this? If you think about uh, people who are online right now, ready to buy a product, okay? They are are red hot buyers. They're like 3% of people online. They know what they want. They know where they're going to get it from and they are going there. And everybody on Google AdWords, everybody on Facebook ads, everybody on Amazon are competing for those 3%, right? And Amazon take half of them just straight off the bat. Okay. They go straight to Amazon. They know what they want. They buy it straight away. Where Amazon doesn't work super well, and where again you can exploit this is for those customers who don't tend to use Amazon as their first point of call because they don't technically know what it is they want. They know they've got a problem. Or they might not even know they've got too much of a problem and you can use that, you can go after that 97% of people that Amazon doesn't really go after and convert those people, right? And make them your own customers. So these customers, you know, they're looking for things like how-to videos or blog posts or content, um, you know, tips and tricks on how to do things, okay? Okay. Uh, and most people are in this category. And if you can find them and connect with them, then in the long term, they actually become some of your best clients. Okay. Stone number four, be known in your niche. Now, Amazon's niche is technically no niche, right? They sell anyone, uh, anything to anyone and everyone, right? There's just there's no niche in down. It just is what it is. It's the, the Goliath of all sites. Um, but you can be the opposite of that and create a real great niche to sell in because Amazon can't be everything for each niece, okay? Uh, niece, <laughs> said that entirely wrong. Uh, nothing to do with my niece, but Amazon can't be anything to do, uh, can't be everything uh, for your specific niche, So, you can be the expert, right? You can be the leader in that niche where Amazon can't. You're the one that's got the product knowledge. You're the one that's got the insight and the tips and the how to and the content. For example, uh, let's say um, in the new course that I'm doing, uh, the Jam Jar Product Funnel, which is getting released super quick. Uh, Sorry about that, unashamed uh, sales plug right there. But the course is coming out. I talk about fountain pens, right? So let's say I decide I want to open a website selling fountain pens in this sort of niche. I'm telling you straight off the bat, I would have the best content, the best how-to videos, and the best upsells for people looking for fountain pens. I'm going to have the best content. I'm going to have the best curated products with bundles of, you know, I'm going to bundle pens with the perfect ink for that pen and the best paper for that pen and ink that you're going to find anywhere. Amazon doesn't do any of that. It's just a big algorithm. You know, it's too impersonal, whereas I'm going to create this whole experience around that. That's exactly what I would do, and that is where I think you can win. In next week's show, we're going to get into this whole idea of creating super fans right not just fans not just customers but super customers super fans uh, and how we can get them out there word of mouth marketing evangelizing our product really committed to what we're doing amazon just doesn't have that right they have fans but they don't really have what you would call super fans and we can do that with our niche uh, and we we have the ability to do that because we're experts in our niche. So become known in your niche is stone number four. Stone number five, I'm going to take from Sun Tzu and I'm going to, you know, the art of war book, And that is this, know your enemy. Amazon are a beautiful, beautiful website in some respects because they give you so much of their data when you know where to look. And you can really take advantage of that, right? And that's that data is really going to help your e-commerce business grow. So in the um, shameless plug of my upcoming course, I actually talk about uh, an, I- an idea that I got from Amazon. I went onto Amazon. I was doing some research. I was looking at their data. And I came across this product um, that I'd never seen before, but I thought, geez, that looks interesting. And so I dug a little bit further, did a little bit more research, put it on our website, and here I sit uh, at the time of recording. We've sold probably over $80,000 to $85,000 of that particular product on my own website, which I I would never have had that product to sell. I wouldn't have sold it had I've not looked at Amazon, known my enemy, and really dug into that, okay? So that's all thanks to Amazon. Thank you very much, Amazon. Much appreciated, so know your enemy. I'm also going to tell you this, that Amazon's stock actually runs out. They don't always have the perfect stock management system. And, you know, time and time again, there are products on their website that they sell and I sell the same product and we will, you know, we will find we are spiking in that product because Amazon have sold out and people are looking elsewhere uh, online for that product. Guess what? They're going to find it on my site. We're going to give them a great service, much better than we hope that they would get from Amazon. Um, And you know what, hopefully they're going to keep coming back from us uh, and buying time and time again, okay? And my final thought is this, in terms of knowing your enemy, sometimes, sometimes it may be just the right idea to not only sell on your e-commerce website, but actually sell on Amazon too and take those customers. They obviously have very strict rules in terms of who the customer belongs to and how that all works and that's fine. So you have to play the system a little bit, but could you sell on Amazon and start to attract those customers to you in the long run for your business? Or even not, even if you just kept selling on Amazon and take advantage of the fact that, you know, 50% of the people that are buying online are buying from Amazon, use their marketplace and sell to them. Sure, Amazon get a cut, but at least you're selling more product. Obviously, that's not going to work for everybody. We can't do it with a lot of brands that we stock because the brands don't want us to do that. But it may be worth thinking about. Okay. So the key point is this, like I say, like David, you do not have to be afraid of your enemy. You can use what you have. You can use what tools you have, what works for you, what's authentic to you. Something that Amazon can't do, something that is surprising. Goliath never expected the stone in the forehead. He just didn't. And you can do something that is surprising and in effect, chop off its proverbial head, slay the giant. You will be, my friend, surprised at what you can do. So whilst Amazon is out there, yes, we should pay attention to Amazon. Yes, we should um, have a slight reverence for what's going on there, but never, never be afraid and don't ever think that you can't win because you totally, totally can. Okay. That is my takeaway from this episode. I hope you've got something out of it. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's free and the show is full of great stuff about how to set up, run and grow your own e-commerce business. So do make sure you subscribe to keep up to date. And like I said, at the start of the show, it's been fab connecting with you guys on social media. If you go to Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, you know those platforms, Facebook, Whatever I've not mentioned, most of the key social media platforms, just search for me, Matt Edmondson, uh, and you will find me, or Matt Edmondson e-commerce, or something like that. You'll definitely find me. Connect with me, say hello, reach out. It'd be great to get to know you. Uh, And like I say, all the show notes uh, for this episode and all the previous episodes, actually, are on the website at mattedmondson.com, along with links to all the show sponsors Uh, which you can check out. So thanks for listening, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneur. I'll be back next week with some more help and advice on e-commerce. So until next time.
0: You've been listening to the Curiosity Podcast with Matt Edmondson. Subscribe and join us next time as we carry on conversations about all things e-commerce and digital business.